0: What's up, people? Welcome into the Fantasy Football Smackdown. It's a Wednesday that you heard that right because we are doing a live Q&A here on YouTube. I'm your host, Kyle August. You can follow me on Twitter at KyleMonth8. And my co-host here on the show, Jake, rip your heart out. Excellence of execution.
1: All of those things. Mr. Jake Rip. What up, Jake? What's going on, man? Excited to be here on a Wednesday. uh, Bringing you all that good Smackdown goodness. Yeah, we got the we got some
0: guests here, some fellow members of the Warzone crew. Oh, is that is that cheering again? Okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> members of the Warzone network here. We got, of course, our buddy from the Dynasty Warzone, Memphis. What's up, man?
2: Hey, what's happening? Thanks for uh, having me on your show. Can't yeah, wait to I, talk some redraft. Well, I've got we, a special appreciate- question from a very special young man. We're going to cover later tonight.
0: Oh, nice, good stuff. Well, thanks for letting us uh, give us the airtime. Uh, checks in the mail, brother, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. making. I is, saw you uh, walking
2: in, dribbling your checkbook. I'm <laughs> yeah. not saying that check's going to bounce. I'm just saying for some reason you you were dribbling it, but whatever.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for uh, giving people a peek behind the curtain just a bit. And uh, his what second appearance in his many weeks, maybe here. Uh, you know him from the rookie rundown, uh, dropping on every Sunday night here on YouTube. Monday on the podcast uh we got dallas back on the show what up bro well that's dallas. How's it going, everyone yeah uh, i gotta wait for that drop now it's gotta <laughs> it's gonna become a normal thing
3: always over talk it uh nothing it's good to be here i'm excited to talk some 2021 prospects in general some overall takes that we have and uh get a little bit away from the rookie talk it can be a little maddening looking at the same 50
0: players for the entirety of the season so it's uh, kind of nice to have a little fresh start here and there. Yeah, absolutely. And if uh, you're watching us live, hopefully you are. Just uh, if you have any questions, drop it in the chat. We'll get to them here. We've got a few topics here off the top. But the fifth man in the room making his first appearance. uh, Jesse, why don't you introduce yourself to the people, man? Give a little bit of background on uh, how you ended up here with
4: these uh, this group of misfits. (laughs) Hey, Kyle. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks, man. Uh, Jake, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Kyle. And Dallas, uh, first time we met as well. So great to be on here. Uh, I have been a loyal member of the DWZ Patreon for about a year and a half now. I joined during pandemic and, um, Memphis makes everything so inclusive that I I just became part of the crew right away. Uh, it's sort of just part of my personality to step up anyway. But, uh, what we've been doing is myself, Chad Mendoza and Mike Casper have been doing a Patreon podcast where we talk a lot of dynasty, uh, we review all of the DWZ Patreon links and we just try to make it fun. We joke around, we laugh, and we do different games and stuff like that. So it's a fun podcast. We do it once a week uh, and it is available on the DWZ Patreon feed. So, in addition to all of the things that you get for being a Patreon, you also get an additional podcast where you might even hear your name.
2: Uh, yeah. well, uh, so- by the way, <laughs> oh, Jesse, I failed you. So we have Memphis, we have Dallas. I should have said his real name's Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Many, yeah, his name's yeah. minneapolis like minnesota yeah. fats because everybody needs a city or a state designation kyle and jake i'm gonna work on it
1: yeah. I, was, so. I was gonna
0: say jesse you did a great job there selling that because as you were talking about all the great things that come with being a patreon member you could just see memphis's face just glowing with you know <laughs> and and honestly uh we don't talk about a lot on the smackdown um but uh memphis and the guys on the war zone they're they're always throwing out the patreon we Dude, the chat is crazy. Like, I try to keep up with it. Unfortunately, I wish I had a job that I could ignore my actual work. They're paying me to pay attention to and be in there more because it's just constantly going. It's awesome. The, you know, all the questions and people helping each other out and everything. So, uh, Memphis, we're, before we get too far along, just for maybe our the regular SmackDown listeners that for some reason have missed this, do you want to just give a little bit of plug for the Patreon and and uh, and how people can find that and what's going on?
2: Yeah, it's patreon.com forward slash Dynasty War Zone. And this is the thing that I'm the most proud of since we've been doing dynasty and fantasy content in general. It's this community. It's people like Jesse who, who want to do more. And it's I, we, we sign off every Dynasty War Zone, Jerry and I, with we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. And that truly is our goal. Um, the, the friendships, the relationships we've made, that's what it's about. But also, you didn't hear the trade offer that Jesse... Uh, was talking about that we don't always share. Some of the things that we do in the Patreon are really fun, and that's the community that we've built. It's patreon.com forward slash dynastywarzone. If you've never joined a Patreon, you can just DM me. You can at DWZ Memphis on Twitter, or if you don't do social media, you can uh, email me. It's Dynasty Warzone at gmail. I'm happy to answer any questions. And I'm really excited for this season, man. I uh, got the biggest group ever. Obviously, we are adding new members all the time. And I'm really excited to, uh, I don't know if my phone can handle it. I'm looking at a phone upgrade. I think I'm going to need it as Sundays go live this year. But man, it's a great group of ladies and gentlemen over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone.
0: Yeah, tons of great guys over there. I I started a a league uh, with some Patreon members. Had to be the fastest startup draft I've ever done in my entire life. I think we knocked 22 rounds out in uh, like five days. It was just and we had, that was with two Aussie guys in there. So like we were dealing with times, all that stuff less than a week, like these guys and I was getting sniped every round. So these guys know their stuff. It was excellence. I will uh, tell basically. you,
2: if you like our dynasty content, you have been warned. So do the people in the Patreon. <laughs> so the odds <laughs> of you getting any value in a DWZ Patreon, just, just throw it out the window. That's what the patron podcast, I, I try to do a once a week podcast. Jesse and the gang, um, they've been doing what we call Patron by the People. Jesse, Mike, and Chad, they do a podcast reviewing leagues, bringing on league members. But as I bring it, like all the stuff that I cover, like the the, the first place I sample all this is with these ladies and gentlemen. And it just absolutely, it's it's like um, trying to get juice from a, from a well-squeezed orange. There's nothing left. These, these ladies and gentlemen torture me on the waiver wire. They torture me in drafts, but it's, it's a lot of fun. So yeah, that's what we do over there. We, uh, we, we play football. It's football season. It's what, that's what we're into.
0: Yeah. And we're going to have some football tomorrow. Dallas Cowboys in the hall of fame game. I mean, everyone's watching that. I mean,
2: it's going to be so good.
0: Yeah. I can't Um, wait to
2: watch Dominic DiNucci and Dwayne Haskins.
0: God, it's going to be thrilled. It's going to be horrible. Um, but, uh, hey, we're, we're one step closer to football. Um, and we're I, watching. It, and we will we'll be watching. Uh, one last little plug. If you missed the SmackDown earlier this week, Jake and I destroyed the quarterback position, 32-32. and 32. Memphis and Jerry have been killing it with all the divisional breakdowns, giving you a different perspective as well. And Dallas was just here, too, covering 32 rookie names on the YouTube earlier this week. So there is a ton of content. And if you missed any of it, I highly suggest you go back and check it out. Um, we got uh, we got some questions coming uh, tonight, but before we jump into the football questions, got a random one just to get to know you guys a little bit better, Dallas. I'll start it off with you. Threw it out there. Uh, in so far this year, uh, what's your favorite uh, TV show you've discovered or movie you found? Uh, what have you been doing to entertain yourself besides all this rookie coverage?
3: So. <sighs> For
0: this one, it's actually something that I've watched before.
3: The third season of one of my favorite shows came out this year, um, American Gods. I don't know if anyone's either read the book and or seen any of the seasons. Um, Basic general premise is that the gods of old are still alive, but uh, gods are only real if you believe in them. So since the following has basically switched to technology and media, the gods have now become those forms in our real life. So it's beautifully shot amazing it's on stars highly recommend uh that's probably my favorite thing that i've watched outside of like the generic loki and stuff like that that everyone's watching
0: all right there you go another one for the list for some people jake how about you man besides apparently some eerie otters this is the kind of coverage you get here if you're watching live on youtube jake's rocking a very obscure i'm assuming minor league hockey team shirt but couldn't let you get away with that
1: A little respect. That's a Connor McDavid shirt right now. I don't know who the hell that is. (laughs) Oh, that's even worse, Kyle. No respect on the man's name. Uh, You you know, that
2: guy. (laughs) Who the fuck is that?
1: I'm sorry. Uh, I, I did a couple shows on, uh, actually I can't remember if it was the SmackDown or the fellas, but you, th- you, this isn't the first time that you've asked me this question and I give you, yeah, nice t-shirt Kyle. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's not the first time you've asked me this question and I'm sure the last time I answered it, it was a bad answer. I don't like watch a ton of TV or new movies, but recently on Netflix, I threw on, um, anyone here seen American Vandal?
2: Oh, I have not. No. Negative. It's, I used to be an American vandal. If that counts. Uh, right uh, there.
1: I'm sure you have. It is. It looks like it's a, like a true crime documentary series type thing. It's like an eight episode documentary, and uh, the whole premise behind it, it's two high school students who are. They're not trying to solve a murder or a theft or anything. They're trying to prove the innocence of their classmate who's being accused. Actually, he's been expelled. Uh, And they're trying to prove his innocence for a crime that was committed in the parking lot where someone painted a uh, spray painted a penis on 27 of the faculty automobiles in the in the parking lot. So he was expelled for that. Uh, They're trying to prove his innocence. And I was about four episodes deep before I realized the whole thing was fake.
2: <laughs> it feels like life imitating art.
1: I was I'm like four episodes in and my wife comes in and she's like and she points at the guy who's being accused of painting the dicks. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, I think that I seen he's an actor. I've seen him on something else. I'm like, that can't be. He's from this random high school in Colorado. He's the <laughs> he's the dick painter. Oh my god! And uh, yeah, sure enough, we we looked up a couple more guys. He's an actor. They're all actors. Uh, I don't know. It's it's weird how they did it. You guys are gonna have to check out the show, but like. There's there's funny parts of it, but it took me so long to realize that it's actually some sort of like weird spin on a comedy. It's like a spoof of a true crime thing. But
2: so, um, so help me, th- this is the this is the Pablo Picasso of dicks. <laughs>
1: dick yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they're trying to find all this incriminating evidence. And one of their main bullet points for why their friend could not have done it was because he and it, he actually happened to be a notorious dick drawer since back in the ninth grade. So they went back and they looked at all of his, you know all of his paintings, all of his artwork and all of his artwork for the past four years had shown ball hairs, which there were, there were no ball hairs on the faculty vehicles that day. Uh, so, so for me, I mean, that's an open and shut case at that point, but, uh, there, there was plenty of other evidence. It was, it was a good show. It was entertaining. It would have been a lot cooler if I had found out that it was all true. Cause I thought it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. But, uh, and uh, it's it's all fake. Still a good story. Nonetheless, highly recommended. Nice. Well, apparently uh, we got Ryan in the chat here on YouTube. He said it was
0: pretty well done, to be honest. So he's with you there. Uh, he can vouch. It's hilarious. But, uh, uh, man, that's that would that went a different direction. I thought it was really originally going. But, uh, Jesse, how about you, man?
4: Anything, wow. My, anything you that's taste? a tough follow. I got to be honest. Yeah, mine is, you got the dick <laughs> bandit or whatever. Yeah, the hell. Uh. Mine is. Yeah, mine is way more boring than that. Uh, I had a tough time choosing between two. I really liked Falcon and Winter Soldier, but apparently that's way too boring for this Mm. group. I loved Yellowstone. And I'm not a Kevin Costner fan at all. A little bit of trivia. I don't know if anyone knows this, but Kurt Russell was originally cast in Bull Durham. If you go back and look at that movie and and imagine Kurt Russell in the lead of that movie, instead of, wow. I mean, I love that movie. Bull Durham Mm -hmm. is an amazing movie. I'm a huge baseball fan, but... With Kurt Russell, that would have been <laughs> one of the greatest movies of all time. It would have been as good as Major League, yeah. right? Better hair for sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. But I'll tell you what, Costner is perfect in Yellowstone because it calls for sort of a a, a quiet, stoic, doesn't talk a whole lot kind of guy. And, you know, Costner's kind of good at that. But it's, uh, it's an amazing show. Uh, they do a lot with horses. Uh, one of my podcast partners, Chad, owns a horse ranch and he raises and trains horses for a living. So uh, he knows a lot of the people on the show, even though he doesn't watch the show, I'll send him videos and he'll tell me, oh yeah, this is this guy. And this is the most famous horse trainer in North Texas or whatever. And really, I like it because it's sort of Breaking Bad set in Montana, which is pretty amazing. It's, It's Breaking Bad with horses instead of meth. (laughs) I guess. <laughs> All right. But, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm adding some to the list
0: here. So this is good stuff. Memphis, how about you, man? I know you'd are I know you rather be podcasting than watching TV, but uh, you, you've been watching anything good these days?
2: Uh, I don't care if it's basic or not. It was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There I did know. enjoy WandaVision. I did enjoy uh, Loki, but it just reminded me of those classic 80s and 90s buddy cop movies. It felt like Lethal Weapon meets a Marvel movie. There was the opposite personalities, just everything about it. And it was just like everything that Disney does as it relates to Marvel and just about anything. It, it was fantastic. So uh, it was only six episodes, but all those TV shows have been great. That's that's the only TV I've watched. I've watched the, the three Marvel series since January 1st. The rest has been football content. Yes, I am a nerd.
0: <laughs> all good. I, I'll throw mine out there quickly. Uh, Brock Meyer. if you haven't watched that, uh, it's on Hulu. I have no idea what the original station was it is freaking hilarious uh so it's about a washed up baseball announcer and his way back to the majors and i don't know Agni actor's name so you just have to look it up yourself but if you have hulu it's on there and it is it is awesome uh do not watch it with the kids around not appropriate for children uh it's, but uh, uh,
4: hank is area from the simpsons yeah, <laughs> yeah, there, there you go thank yeah, you i saw a couple thank of those
0: you. really good I, actually appreciate that i i honestly i couldn't i couldn't even name other than uh robert downey jr i could probably only name one other person in any of the marvel movies that's how bad i am at like actors names all those guys are famous as hell and i don't know shit. i'm just like whatever but i'm sure they're all watching and really pissed off um all right uh let's get we got a question that came in from twitter uh this this guy's handle is uh grokster i guess but he's been a follower of mine before i see him coming this up so his his name on here is tony Uh, I, I, don't know anything else about him, but, uh, other than we've interacted on there and he came hard here with a question for you guys. So I'm going to put you all on the spot. Jake, I'm going to make you bat lead off here, rank the top five offenses in terms of reliable offensive production. So these are obviously the cream of the crop. I, I feel like there's a couple obvious ones, but as I was doing this, there were some tougher ones to fill out that top five. Maybe some people got some holes. So, uh, what do you got, man? Do you have a, do you have a top five?
1: I do now. The way that he worded it was interesting. something uh, he said, you know, he wants the top five in reliable offensive production. So maybe not necessarily just give me your top five best offenses, but ones that aren't gonna flop on you, and they're you know they're they're sure things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess when I hear that, I'm thinking I want to see a, a stud at the quarterback position. Um, definitely one at wide receiver, preferably two. Um, and a, and a beast running back. I have a few guys that come here and I'm, I'm sure this name made everyone's list, but how about the, how about your Dallas Cowboys, Kyle? Uh, I got them number one. Like I feel
2: like,
1: I feel like that's about as safe as it gets for offense. They're, you know, top five quarterback, top three quarterback, um, the best three receivers in the game and, and Zeke and even Tony Pollard to back him up in the backfield. So I, I mean, I think that's, uh, just about as good as it gets. Um, I got the Chiefs in there, second, same thing. Just crazy arsenal of weapons. Pat Mahomes, to Kelsey, to Tyreek Hill, Clyde Edwards-Helaire in the backfield. The Titans, Kyle. You and I have talked about uh, the, you know, what 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 a difference it's going to make to have Julio on one side and AJ Brown on the other, and and Derrick Henry in the backfield. Um, I, I think the Chargers should make the list there. I got them next up on, on the list. Uh, same reason as all the other ones. Just a, a, a sick. Uh, arsenal of weapons and then I snuck the Packers in there at the end Um, maybe not so much from a for sure fantasy perspective I mean we all I think I think we all have Devontae Adams as a as wide receiver one if there's any guy who's going to put up you know, realistically what 1500 yards and 20 touchdowns it could be (laughs) it could be Devontae Adams Uh, Aaron Rodgers coming back for his one last ride the big man's back in the saddle I think that that uh, Green Bay offense is going to they're going to tear it up. I think they led the league in uh, offensive points per game last season too. Um, so I think I think Green Bay is reliable so long as Aaron Rodgers is there, and it looks like he is. Uh, Green Bay makes the list for me. So uh, yeah, that's my that's my top five, man. All right, I'll, I I will uh, I won't give mine away yet. We'll kick it around the room here, but a lot of
0: similar names. Dallas, let's go to you, man. Where where did Jake miss? What? Just tell him why he was wrong. That's pretty much what we do on this show. It's all good. <laughs> uh, I would not say that Jake <laughs> I would not say that Jake is
3: wrong. I would just say that his order is a little messed up, and I do have one team that was not not in his top five. Um, number one for me is KC. Um, just when it comes to consistent production, you were pretty much guaranteed somewhere along the lines of eight targets minimum, basically to Tyreek Hill and to Travis Kelsey. Uh, Clyde Edward toler although not a game-changer, was one of the most consistent running backs on a week-to-week basis before he got hurt last season. And then Patrick Mahomes is just the GOAT as of right now. So um, I feel like that's an easy one. Number two for me is the Dallas Cowboys uh, for all the exact same reasons that Jake had just mentioned. Uh, number three for me is actually Minnesota, especially after last season, what we saw with Justin Jefferson. You have two wide receivers in the top 10 finish of last year. Adam Thielen is the probably least sexiest top 12 wide receiver on a year in year out basis of the last four years that you're going to have. There's a lot of steam basically pumping up his rapid decline, even though he's younger than some of the older 30, 31 year old wide receivers out there. So that's something I'm not really understanding this offseason. I think at the end of this year, we're specifically going to be probably smacking ourselves in the face saying, why did we let him fall to the fourth and fifth of this guy? Um, Number four for me, I have the Titans, and then Green Bay rounds out mine um, just due to. I mean, I don't really know what to expect with the team this year. I want to be on board for the Run It Back tour, the last dance with Aaron Rodgers and everything like that, but you can't really deny the fact that it's getting a little bit ugly with the organization. There seems to be a little bit of a scheme shift, um, pulling some work most likely away from a guy like Aaron Jones in the backfield. Um, and then it could also just kind of flop, but you can't deny the fact that Aaron Rodgers is a juggernaut and so is add Adams. So
0: that's my top five. All right. A lot of overlap there, similar names. Jesse, we'll kick it to you next, man. Who are some were some offenses that were uh that you had on your top
4: five? Okay, so I approached this like like Jake. I looked at the wording of this and said reliable, right? So I want uh first of all, a veteran quarterback and a reliable offense. So uh I did go KC first because they're just obvious. Um, then I went Tampa, Green Bay, Seattle. I think Seattle's the one that hasn't been mentioned so far. Mm-hmm. Any any offense with Russell Wilson, I'll take. You know, I understand that people may view Russell Wilson in fantasy as inconsistent from first half to second half. A lot of years, however, the offense isn't. So if you look at the offense as a whole, they may uh, they may shift their focus from pass to run at times but they're still producing offense. So if Russell Wilson isn't producing, then maybe Chris Carson is. Um, I had Dallas as my last team. Um, I just feel with Dak, uh, you know, not being as savvy a veteran as Brady, uh, Russell Wilson, or Aaron Rodgers, that they just deserve to be a little lower on the on the list, you know, like we said, for reliability. Uh, no denying that Dallas is an explosive offense. They deserve to be on the list. Um, I did have a couple others. Um, I had I had the Chargers as an honorable mention, uh, but again, Herbert being not a veteran quarterback, only his second year, uh, I just couldn't put him in there as as uh, reliable. And same with Buffalo. Uh, Josh Allen just hasn't done enough enough times to call him reliable, even though they are an explosive offense.
0: Yeah, I like the Seattle call. Uh, I mean, Russ has had, last year was a little inconsistent at times from game to game, but still overall was a great fantasy option. And just the dude, all he does—I mentioned it, I threw it out there on the uh, on the quarterback show. All the dude does is throw thirty-plus touchdowns every year. It's just what he does. So, um, you know, sometimes you'd like that to maybe maybe be a little more even from week to week. Hopefully that be, that comes this year. But the weapons are awesome around him. That's a great offense and definitely one I considered as well. So I like that, uh, like that list as well. Memphis, uh, why don't you just clean this thing up? Uh, give your five, and if any that we might have missed there, any thoughts?
2: I just can't believe no one mentioned the ramps. I know last year was a down year with Jared Goff and that team, but that's like, you know, having a real high-performance sports car and all of a sudden you just put a turbo booster on it in the form of Matthew Stafford. You got the quarterback upgrade, you still got Cup, you still got Woods, you've got Van Jefferson, they brought in Deshaun Jackson. Now, will Deshaun Jackson, Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, Tyler Higbee, will those guys be fantasy valuable? maybe not but will they make the rest of the offense go and i'm looking at where they've been and where they're going so i had kc1 buffalo two. i think that offense is going to continue to just smash then i have the rams green bay and then tampa bay by the way sneaky top four scoring team from 2020 is the tennessee titans when your defense is such a pile of trash that you absolutely like, like literally, they beat the they beat the Colts like forty one to thirty three or something. One game, they lost like forty five to forty one to Cleveland. I mean, this is a team that's going to score points, and you still have and and not only are they going to score points, but you added Julio Jones to the mix in Tennessee. So that would be one of my honorable mentions that you probably wouldn't think of as being a high scoring offense, but Tennessee, but definitely the Rams. The Rams is in my top five that I, I think was a, a bit of an oversight.
0: All right. Great, great list there for sure. Uh Mine was all said. So I'll just, mine was Kansas city, Dallas, green Bay, Tennessee, and the chargers. So I think Jake and I had the same list <laughs> just in a different order. So uh there you go. Um, But uh, all, all good stuff there for sure. We had a question come in. Now this one was digging deep. So I, I think I'll fall on the sword first. And if you guys have any thoughts, these are all live on the show, Ryan, uh, who was a big supporter earlier of uh, Jake's penis, vandal show or whatever whoa what'd you Uh, just say (laughs) (laughs) he's a a fan of my what He just vandal show (laughs) don't worry i I got you hey yeah. ryan said here we go now this is tough because honestly i don't know if i put much thought into this this year to be honest for leagues that have a defense slot who are some who are the top few defenses to target any juggernauts this year or just stream based off matchup so i'll take this first um (laughs) I have done everything in my power to eliminate DSTs from every league that I'm in. I've definitely made the shift over the years. I've always played dynasty, you know, for the last 10 years or so ish, whatever. But like over the last few years, it's been, you know, it's gotten maybe 50, 50 and now dynasty now that, you know, started more and more leagues. uh, It's probably, you know, two to one as far as dynasty leagues. And those usually don't have DSTs, but um, you know, the best, the best defensive units, I think going into this year, uh, I think the Rams should be really solid. Uh, Pittsburgh's team is should be still racking up a bunch of sacks. They have a pretty strong offensive line. You have to hope that they are healthy there. Washington is another one, and in, uh, in Tampa Bay are just the, some of the best units that I've been looking at as far as maybe just ones to avoid. But I'll throw one bonus one out there that I, I think this is a solid enough defensive unit uh, is the Denver Broncos. They're going to be the team that I get everywhere, and if only for this fact, uh, at the Giants at Jacksonville then the Jets first three weeks. And then I drop them and move on to somebody else. So that's how I play the game. Memphis is shaking his head. So what you got, bro?
2: The San Francisco 49ers. They play uh, using Warren Sharp of Sharp Football's uh, projected strength of schedule based on their opponent's projected win-loss record. They play by far the easiest strength of schedule in the league and the reason why it's easy is because the teams they face are trash so this is a defense that was really good a couple of years ago they'll be getting uh, nick bosa back which would help with sacks uh, they got fred warner they're, they're pretty good at every level and i think because they were bad last year people are just going to forget how good they were two years ago as well as the new england patriots the new england patriots defense in 2019 i don't want to go as far as to call them a league winner But in in leagues with DST, man, they were solid. They had a ton of opt-outs last year. They should be getting those guys back. Another year with uh, Belichick, you know this is going to be a run-the-ball, play-defense team, especially if Cam Newton is the QB. So for me, those are a couple that are going to fly under the radar because of their performance last year. But if you look historically over the last couple of years, those are a couple that I would be looking at.
0: Yeah, and I was pulling up Fancy Pro's ADP – where the hell is San Francisco? Did everyone forget about that? We're not even drafting them at this point. Um, and maybe I'm just missing it, but uh, oh, they're going seventh right now, uh, in Fancy Pros ADP, so still solid. You don't have to overpay for them, but that could be one. The Patriots are ninth right now in ADP, and usually, uh, that's the thing about defenses is that there's one or two guys usually take them, and then you're kind of, uh, and the ADP is kind of tough from league to league. But, um, anybody else want to chime in on this defense question?
4: Yeah, I've I been better... a agree with what you guys have said. Those are solid defenses. I'll add in that the Ravens are always a solid attacking defense. And a couple of dark horses I like this year are uh, Memphis' Colts. Uh, they're a young defense with a lot of really, really solid names and uh, really strong players. So that could at any point step up. Definitely a, a good look for streaming if they have a a good opponent. And also I like the Browns in that situation to, to stream from week to week. I'll throw in there just a little caveat.
0: Memphis mentioned New England. I just double-checked their schedule. Pretty solid to start the year. At Miami at home, then at the Jets, and then New Orleans in week three. Who the hell knows what that uh, is going to look like <laughs> there. You might have a better idea by week three, but DSTs are definitely ones where you can uh, play the matchups and and with yeah. pretty good success. So,
3: And I do just want to segue in a little bit into that. So last year, my team going into the offseason, I acquired basically off the waiver wire and any of my – redraft leagues that actually I have defenses the Washington football team because I'm predicating most of my pickups based off of the front seven Um, two teams that have very 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 nasty front sevens that had very 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 bad defenses last year are the Minnesota Vikings who had a plethora of injuries it was the only defense that Mike Zimmer has had over the last five years that was not in the top 10 at the end of the season So that's something to look into. And then the Arizona Cardinals are a sleeper. So both of these are currently outside the top 15 of DFS draft ADP and the Arizona Cardinals front seven with their two, just extremely freakishly athletic linebackers in Zabin Collins, who they just drafted this year. And then Isaiah Simmons from last year on top of bringing in JJ Watt to pair with Chandler Jones on the outside as well as two of the beefiest. I think both of their nose tackers, tackles or D tackles are over 340 pounds on that team. Something to watch out for. That one, you have to kind of look out for who they're playing twice a year, being in that really tough division with those explosive offenses. But I wouldn't be surprised to see either one of those in the top 12 and with Minnesota easily in the top five again, just
0: based off of that um, just kind of uneasiness in the NFC North this year i like I like that call. Uh, we got another question here, but Jake, any last uh, anything else you need to fill in here for us?
1: Uh, no, you guys mentioned all the all the defenses that i would I would be thinking of, but as you said i'm I'm streaming defenses the whole time. I'd rather take a hit on a mediocre defense that has a nice schedule as opposed to a, a defense that's a baller but's gonna have a a couple tough matchups along the way.
0: All right. Uh, <laughs> G in the chat said the Falcons defense when they play the Falcons offense in camp. Yeah, that's pretty. That's good. Uh, all right. So we, Andrew, uh, big time listener of the show. We appreciate you tuning in, bro. He said outside of Kareem Hunt, who is the best running back handcuff to pick. So you guys can take this however you want. I think you, as far as what that definition looks like might be different depending on what your uh, your thoughts are on that whole philosophy. But uh, Jake, I'll, I'm just going to write back to you. I put you right on the spot um as the rest of these guys get some time to think about it who is another who is the uh, running back handcuff to draft this year
1: yeah i was c- trying to look up a couple names here while we were on the last topic and i guess we got to kind of come up with a clear line of what we're calling a handcuff here because like javante williams ain't exactly a handcuff right <laughs> right. <laughs> right right I uh mean, yeah aj aj dylan's a guy that i think's not really getting talked about a whole lot um Jamal Williams isn't in town anymore. He was a guy that ate up some receptions last year. Um, Aaron Jones is a big volume guy. Plenty of touchdown opportunities. If some of those go A.J. Dillon's way, then I think that he could end up being uh, somewhat relevant this year. Gus Edwards sharing the backfield with J.K. Dobbins. Kyle, you and I have talked about him before. He's a consistent um, yards per touch guy. Uh, and and Marlon Mack, I think, is, is another name that you know, he depending on the kind of workload he gets with Jonathan Taylor, uh, could prove to have some some value this year. Both I guess both him and Naheem Hines. That team is gonna have to run the ball without Carson Wentz, depending on how how many weeks he ends up uh ends up missing. And actually, uh, Memphis, I'm curious to get your take. And I, I may perhaps I've missed it on the on DWZ, but do you think the the Colts kind of just lean on the run now is like that's, that's the only option if we're going to put up any points in this offense, or is Jacob Eason actually a, an option?
2: I, well, first of all, I, wanted, I don't want to take credit for anyone else's work. I was listening to the GM Shuffle podcast today with uh, Michael Lombardi and Adnan Verk, and they were talking about the reason this timeline's so funky is they won't know exactly what Carson Wentz's timeline is for two weeks because they need two weeks to evaluate how the surgery went, and then we'll know. Um, I don't think this impacts Jonathan Taylor's workload one bit, but I do think if Marlon Mack gets an extra five to six carries a game, it's because they're trying to run the ball and play defense. I think you'll know something by the second preseason game. Uh, Phillip Rivers said that he would be willing to come back in and uh, you know, help a brother out, if you will, and help the Colts out, uh, maybe for the month of September. So I don't think much is really going to change in Indy. The Colts, first of all, have a brutal it is brutal. First seven games of the season, they have the Rams, the Seahawks, the Dolphins, the Titans. Uh, I mean, it's it's rough as could be. They, they, they were literally hoping to go something like three and three with Carson Wentz. They have the Ravens in there. It's yep. just not an easy schedule. So um, it wasn't easy for Jonathan Taylor from a redraft standpoint. I think I would let people draft these Colts guys early and then trade for them after they're disappointed when that schedule gets really cushy down the back half. I mean, when I say cushy, I mean like super cushy. I'm talking like Jets and Jaguars twice and some really good games down the stretch. But I I do believe, yes, the Colts will see a higher volume. And the Colts are already like top five in run percentage anyway. So the best thing is you're going to see a lot more Marlon Mack, which could be an indicator of how Cam Akers could look this time next year.
0: There you go. I, I definitely, uh, and that's direct from Indy, folks. I mean, that is boots on the ground here.
2: I, I have a question from Indy later, by the way. Don't let me forget. <laughs>
0: All right. We, we'll make sure to get it in here. Uh, Jesse, how about you, man? Is there any running back handcuffs
4: that you are been looking at to uh, acquire uh, during draft season here? Ex- absolutely. There are quite a few. Uh, I'll give you my favorite and then a dark horse. Uh, I do want to add, though, that if we're looking at Indy, just keep in mind that Quentin Nelson did go down just the other day with the same injury as Wentz. So could affect their, their running game as well.
2: 20 bucks says Quentin Nelson's in the in, in the starting. He's never missed a snap. He's already had two surgeries this offseason. He posted a really uh, tough guy quote today. Here's the thing. Carson Wentz may miss 12 weeks. Quentin Nelson will be in that. I, I don't care if they cut his foot off. He'll be out there like a pirate on a peg leg. He does not care. Right he, on. Played, he played through a severe back injury last year. And if you can get through a back, you can get through a foot. So you may not get wins, but I'm not worried about Clinton. Right on.
4: All right. So uh, I, I want to f- also want to thank Andrew Campy for this question and for shouting me out in chat. Andrew's a guy that we've had on our podcast as well. Uh, awesome guy, awesome DWZ member, and just a fun guy to hang out and talk dynasty with. So thanks for the question, Andrew. And I will say uh, my favorite – handcuffed by far is Alexander Madison. So Dalvin cook is a high, high value player, obviously in redraft, he's huge value. Obviously in one quarterback, he's probably one of the top three or four picks. Uh, If not, I have him as second overall. So I think that that offense has shown that if he goes down, uh, Madison is maybe not as talented as him, but a similar type of back and fits right into this offense and uh, could just sort of pick up where, Dalvin Cook leaves off. You can't say that about a lot of uh, a lot of handcuffs, and I, I really think he's a true definition of a handcuff because he doesn't get a whole lot of run outside of when Dalvin Cook gets injured. So uh, that that's definitely my favorite. I won't have Dalvin Cook without Andrew, Alexander Madison, especially in Dynasty. Uh, and then as a as a sleeper kind of dark horse, I've got Carry On Johnson. Um, if something were to happen to Miles Sanders. I see him as a guy that could definitely take over um in the Philly backfield above guys like Boston Scott who they've sort of lost lost confidence in as as a between the tackles runner and then Gainwell is probably a little young to to really step up right away. Uh young and raw, especially opting out last year. So I think Carryon Johnson has the uh he has the pass blocking skills, the between the tackle skills to probably take over as the every every down back if Miles Sanders were to get hurt.
0: And those are definitely some some cheap options for sure when you're talking about even uh, – oh, shoot, I just lost it here. Uh, Alexander Madison is a big – a name we're all familiar with. Madison's going uh, as RB48, 140th overall uh, in Fancy Pros ADP. So that's a guy that you're getting just to put that in perspective. O- almost uh, 40 picks more uh, further along than A.J. Dillon. Another 30-ish, 35 picks uh, – beyond where gus edwards is going so like matt's is a guy that's uh you know in a run first offense traditionally been uh there in minnesota he's a little cheaper than some of these other names that got brought up but definitely in line uh, memphis you had your hand raised so I'll yes call and yes call sir you'll
2: call on me yes sir <laughs> um going by the definition of the question outside of kareem hunt so the guy i'm going to bring up is being drafted after kareem hunt and it's james robinson Per Fantasy Pros ADP, Kareem Hunt is going. <laughs> I was as, like I
0: should have raised my hand. <laughs> and, and,
2: and, I mean, he's uh, he's wide receiver. I'm going to be running back twenty three off the board. I mean, here's the thing: if he plays the Nick Chubb role, it would not surprise me if Travis Etienne played the Kareem Hunt role. We we may be drafting the wrong guy ahead of the wrong guy as the as the backup here. I think James. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robinson is a guy that you're gonna get, you know, better production out of in that range than just about anybody in that range mixed in with, you know, Miles Gaskin, Melvin mm-hmm. Gordon, Chase Edmonds. I mean, there's some studs in there too. There's like a guy I like Mike Davis. Obviously, Javante Williams is like family at this point. But but there, I mean are some guys I would rather have James Robinson than than Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. Just because I think he plays the Nick Chubb role in his offense.
0: Yeah, and one note on that, you you, uh, you nailed it. Running back twenty three in ADP, but uh, over in half PPR, there's different sources that show up on here. And c- at, over at CBS, um, which if you compare it to like Fan or other you know best ball sites right now, like those are guys that are really really tuned in, right? I think if we're talking about redraft leagues, sometimes you're talking about you know work leagues or family leagues, those types of things. Which again, we all want to dominate those leagues too, just to prove that we're not completely insane for spending twelve months a year on this stuff robinson's adp is rb 32 i just think that if you're talking to the more casual fan they're gonna they're gonna know travis etienne that's a name that people are familiar with he was a first round pick and they're just gonna assume that robinson's role is really really diminished to the point where he is more of a handcuff rather than a rb2 that you can play so i like that call dallas you uh <laughs> i think you cursed memphis out there so maybe that was your pick too anything to add there or any other names you like uh, no, I was thinking about it.
3: I just didn't uh, – I honestly didn't want to be the person to say it, so I'm glad Memphis did it, uh, <laughs> <you 'cause> it <laughs> I was thinking it. But, no, I'm going to go ahead and stick with, I guess, my specialty and go with a rookie. Um, I've kind of been beating this guy's drum all offseason, and the situation is very much there for both touches as well as a lot of receiving work and an offense that lost a lot of target share. Um, JVN Hawkins in Atlanta, all the reports out of camp, he is busting long touchdown after long touchdown. And I understand that it just got into padded practices, but I'm seeing some of these highlights and he's not even being touched. Like the guys aren't getting in there. They're not able to lay a hand on him when he's busting these. And that's just an aspect that is not brought by anyone else that can fill that running back role, even including Cordell Patterson, because they're different types of players. I had that experiment in the backfield of Cordell Patterson for two years with the bears. Good luck, Atlanta, if you think it's going to work. <laughs> Javion Hawkins is my guy this offseason. You can get him blatantly free, pretty much pr- pretty much free in redraft. Um, Dynasty, you're still getting him in the fourth round. Um, and compared to the guys that are going ahead of him, like uh, Jesse had noted a little bit on Gainwell, who I also am not very high on this offseason, um, he has a much easier path to touches and targets this offseason like season in general for redraft purposes than a guy like Gainwell does. So I don't understand how he's going almost two rounds behind him in rookie drafts. But again, this is redraft. I think he's going to get touches um, as an RB two. If anything even remotely happens to Mike Davis, um, he showed in college that he can withstand a full workload. So I'm excited to see what he can do for the Falcons who are kind of needy for talent.
0: Awesome. I appreciate Bringing the rookie goodness to the show. Obviously I've been killing it with all that content and a name that people should be familiar with. Uh, he's pretty, his ADP is almost non-existent. Like you were talking about, he's going so late. Um, two other names I'll throw out there as far as take from the opposite approach. We'll go old busted, but there's, you might be able to squeeze a little bit of redraft goodness out of these guys. I'm going with the Williams brothers. They're now separated. Uh, they're no longer chilling in KC, but Damian Williams in Chicago, if this treat Cohen news that he's not gonna be ready for a few weeks, um, Williams is going, he's for, he's free right now. If you want to take a shot, he's familiar with this offense. Um, as far as uh with Nagy being in Kansas City when Damian Williams was there. So that that might be worth a shot if you if you want to go super, super deep. And uh even deeper than that, uh, he's going right around where Hawkins is going. Daryl Williams and KC. Uh, you know, I don't they brought in uh what McKinnon. <laughs> uh we saw down the stretch. There were times where they didn't really trust CEH as much as fantasy owners had hoped. it doesn't mean that Edward Solaire's fantasy value is uh, you know. Can't have a ton of upside there; that it can't be a top end back. But you know, I there was a little worrisome at times that he just didn't get the work that you were maybe expecting. Um, and this is a guy that they like as much as I've I know I've discounted this dude plenty of times. I'm like, okay, whatever, man. Um, you're just the other Williams. But uh, he he's been solid, and obviously, any piece of that offense can be can be good. And these again, these are guys that are going like for free right now. So take that as you will. Um, as far as ultimate handcuffs down there, so. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up here, and since we got Memphis here, I'll let him start, but you mentioned, uh, the tough start to the season. Carson Wentz is in the news right now, obviously. Um, but, uh, one of the things we haven't touched on on our show yet is there were people drafting Michael Pittman 44th overall right now, still at wide receiver ADP T Y Hilton, the old, old man goodness, still inside the top 50 at the position. And then obviously Paris Campbell was a sleeper for a lot of people just as most recently as you know a couple weeks ago. Are you touching any of these indie wide receivers? What's your thoughts on this trio?
2: It depends on when your draft is. If I had to draft today, absolutely. Just going to leave them laying. I think that's the most underutilized move in redraft is just to let your, your workmates overdraft pit players. And, 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 you know, because you know they're going to drop them. They, they do it every year. They're super excited. They drop them in weeks one or two. And then, you know, all of a sudden you get the alert. Carson Wentz coming back week four. Fine. Go trade for Michael Pittman or pick Michael Pittman up off of the waivers in week three. So no, knowing what I know now, I'm not touching any of those guys. But if you're looking for a sneaky name in like a best ball, Zach Pascal. I mean, this guy has been having a great camp. He had a lot of touchdowns last year. And if Carson Wentz comes back sooner than later with his big arm, he's a guy who, not someone I want to project to play week to week like I would Pittman or T.Y. Hilton, but a guy who could certainly – Help you? Yes, Jake. I'm calling (laughs) on Jake on his own show.
1: I'm sorry, Memphis. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. That was kind of me trying to signal to Kyle, like, hey, when Memphis is done, I got something to say. (laughs) Get it over here, yeah. (laughs) Not a huge implications question, but I'm just curious as a Colts fan, if you prefer uh, Pascal over Paris Campbell. Dynasty perspective, I
2: suppose. Dynasty perspective, I want Paris Campbell. He has more draft capital, and he's attached to a very polarizing university. So if he has a week, I'm going to find the, the Ohio state university guy <laughs> or lady in my league, and I'm going to sell them the Paris Campbell for the most outrageous oversell of all time. So from a dynasty perspective, um, I, 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 like taking flyers on guys. Like, I think that's part of the reason why we like Kyle Pitt so much or why Tua gets so much slack guys that go to these blue chip mega conferences in college tend to get a longer leash. Their fans are truly some of the greatest fans of any sport in the world. So for me, Paris Campbell, I'm going to look to flip. So I'd rather have him in dynasty. But like in a seasonal best ball, like I know a lot of people are doing underdog and stuff like that. If I'm going to throw a late flyer on a wide receiver, um, you could do worse than Zach Pascal.
0: Anybody else here? Any thoughts on these? how you're going to handle these Colts wide receivers? Are we hands
4: off? Uh, or do you think there's still values that you can uh, target on draft day? in deep drafts redrafts uh if you're if you're drafted typically I, I do my drafts around labor day uh either the sunday uh or on labor day or, or all my redrafts and
2: uh, tell them about it
4: that's how it's been since 1995 Tell me again. We'll, say tell it one
2: more time for the people in the back you draft the last possible <laughs>
4: yeah right so you know we do our draft on labor day if possible um but anyway uh some of my leagues, ha, you know, go 18, 20 rounds, even for redraft. So in the deeper leagues, yeah, absolutely. These guys are draftable, even if they're on PUP or, uh, you know, even a Paris Campbell ends up on PUP or Wentz isn't due back for a few weeks. Definitely. I can stash either Campbell or especially Pittman uh, mm-hmm. on the bottom of my roster for a few weeks. I don't mind. Jake Dallas, anything? <clears throat>
3: i i don't really want any of them um a lot of frank reich's offenses over the years have been a spread it out offense it was that case last year with philip rivers where an alpha really didn't stick his head out the closest thing to an alpha receiver we've seen underneath reich would probably be what alshon jeffrey's first year in philadelphia when he was healthy for the whole year and i think that was like 800 yards and like eight touchdowns which like cool but i'm <laughs> not gonna win a fantasy league off of that production um yeah. So with Wentz down and even if it's only two to three weeks of a backup quarterback, if you're taking away from basically that ceiling that we've seen in this type of offense from a wide receiver, I'm kind of hands off.
0: Yeah, and we got uh, Pittman right now, like I said earlier, wide receiver 44, T.Y.'s 48th overall at receiver. Uh, Pittman's going ahead of Antonio Brown, so don't even tell Jake that. Um, uh, you got <laughs> Chenault Ch- Ch- Gallup, and then there's T.Y. Hilton at 48th. And then some names, notable names after Pittman, uh, Hilton and obviously Pittman, you still got Mike Williams there, Corey Davis, Marvin Jones. Uh, you got a lot of rookies. You got Bateman, Elijah Moore, you got Mooney coming in. He's a somebody that people are liking uh, Russell Gage in a, an offense that's going to throw the ball. I don't know, 8,000 times. So those, you know, we got to see what those price tags are going to look like here in a couple weeks. ADP probably hasn't shifted yet, but one thing I'll throw out there and this probably won't be the <laughs> the last time I say this, But I think it's it's relevant for these guys is that once you're getting into round eight, nine, ten or later, I mean, unless you've took somebody else like a Saquon, maybe that has and, you know, maybe a question mark about his week one status, you hopefully aren't relying on these guys for a few weeks. Right. Bye weeks aren't kicking in till, you know, whatever, three or four whatever. So if you're drafting these guys for depth purposes and your team is pretty set as far as your starting lineup, hopefully you can kind of weather the storm and see this through. Um, now, obviously, I'm going to hope that I get Michael Pittman somewhere more in that Marvin Jones range than all the way up by, you know, Curtis Samuel or Antonio Brown. At this point, if I know I'm going to have to, you know, there's going to be a couple of weeks where I won't even see what this looks like because, Wentz, yes, he's from over the offense, but this is a brand new team. It's not like a guy who's missing all of you know training camp and is a team that he's familiar with, with weapons he's been playing with for years. So there's just that where you're like, man, I would I'd much rather see Michael Pittman on my bench with Carson Wentz for a few weeks and be able to evaluate him as opposed to lose that opportunity. But just one thing of note when you're looking at guys that are gonna miss time um, early in the season, uh, it it's not always you're not always gonna feel that like you would if they missed time mid season. So. Um, there there was another name on here i'll just switch the subject real quick and kick it back to you dallas because you posted this uh you treated this video and i want to know more about this guy uh rondell moore because it came out today aj green he missed he's going to miss a little bit of training camp time and you know he's old and we all remember you know he couldn't catch a cold in cincy last year and now he's an az but they drafted rondell moore and this is a guy that uh dynasty players might be familiar with but What's kind of your thoughts on him, a breakdown of what Rondell Moore, you know, what owners can expect from him, maybe even right out of the gate?
3: Yeah, he's uh, he's so fun to watch. I love it. Uh, for those of you that are curious, he's referring to a tweet I sent out earlier of him absolutely breaking the ankles of a DB that he's going up against in the Arizona training camp camp. Uh, twice actually he had this wicked fake out move I, I can't do it but it's it was nice um, <laughs> it, it's just fun watching the guy please play. do <laughs> yeah, <come on. laughs> yeah it, was, it was a little bit of this um, yeah. uh, but no so rondell is so explosive and people talk about him taking over basically the role that Christian Kirk had or India Isabella had but he's not the same player that they were he's not that deep deep threat that's gonna get those super lofty targets although he has had a couple of deep touchdown catches over some other uh, DBs this um, short camp, I guess, because they started a little bit late. Uh, They're kind of like the Detroit Lions last year. I don't know why, but they started like four or five days later than everyone else. Their camp started on Saturday. Um, But he is an electric guy. He's walking into an offense that likes to throw the ball a lot. Um, The pace of play is always pretty high with Clintonsbury, and this is kind of a make-or-break-it year. Um, Being the second overall draft pick for – what could be his final year. He's probably going to be trying to work him in quite a bit. And with his AJ Green injury, there is quite a bit of a hole that he's going to be able to work into and get some reps that he most likely was not getting. Um, He is splitting time right now with the first and second team. Uh, But everything I'm hearing from every beat reporter that's there is saying that he's looking electric. There's absolutely no signs of any injury hangover from last year or the years prior, which was the biggest concern coming in. And from what I've seen, there's been a couple of highlight catches where there's one where he's running just a deep seam route, and there's two safeties, and he goes up in between the two safeties, snags the ball, and comes down after getting hit by both of them. So I don't think this hype thing that's been overblown all offseason is really that big of a deal. I'm extremely excited to see him, and I actually got my first share of him in my second-to-last Dynasty rookie draft this
0: weekend. So pretty pumped. That's awesome. Yeah, and the the interesting thing with him is what he was – five he's five what five seven five eight or I mean, he should, yeah, five he's seven. he's but the he's, co
2: he's the co-mayor of munchkin Land. <laughs> they, yes.
0: well yeah kyler and him it, he kyler can just throw it straight and it'll be right to him um but he's but he's uh he's not a you know he's not way underweight which i think is something that you know could be to his benefit in this league um some smart ass commented on that tweet and said wow i didn't know that wide receivers even wore numbers in the 80s anymore um, That's because they've been was, watching uh,
2: football for eight years. <laughs> By the way, Kyle Kyler Hill, Murray dude. said, I want one of you guys to look me in the eye and they had to draft Rondell Moore.
0: It's <laughs> a good one. Uh, Jake, you want to add anything on Rondell Moore? I saw you pumping your fist. as a guy that you, you've been talking about on our show a bunch, but any any thoughts? You've been doing some mocks. You've been Have you been getting them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I've been getting them, but, uh, I mean, I I love Rondell more this year. I I always, uh, I like to cite those freshmen stats, 1300 yards, 12 receiving touchdowns, uh, at Purdue. Uh, he's just a super freak athlete. He's one of those guys. If he would have, if he would have attended any SEC school, he would have ended up being a first round pick. I'm fairly certain of it. Um, Christian Kirk's not a concern to me. A.J. Green is not a concern to me. Actually, and I brought up this point to you before on one of our shows, Kyle, but uh, can you imagine a better better scenario, a better environment for a receiver to develop in than joining a wide receiver corpse of uh, A.J. Green and DeAndre Hopkins? You've got an accurate quarterback and Kyler Murray throwing the ball to you. Uh, I just think the the stars are aligning for this guy to have an – fantasy relevant season as soon as his rookie year and he's one of those guys that doesn't really get talked about uh emerging from this class with the Jalen Waddles and the Devonta Smiths and Rashad Bateman's getting some hype now but there's never really uh not a whole lot of talk around around Rondell Moore he hasn't you know none of his numbers since that freshman year have been you know nothing jumps off the stat sheet but the dude's got it he's gonna be an animal and uh, I think he's the wide receiver too this season in, in Arizona. The dude's going to be a stud. Yeah, he's
0: going uh, seventy picks. Eight, yeah, seventy picks after Waddle. Uh, about thirty picks after Bateman, and where Elijah Moore is going. So uh, we had <laughs> Clay in the chat put two two plus Rondell equals Mo Cox. That's pretty <laughs> hilarious, actually. It's like like <laughs> the little
2: kids. You put you put one on the other one's shoulders and throw a trench coat. Yeah, I was going to say over. trench coat.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. So uh, classic. Jesse, anything to add there? And then we'll, we'll kick it to Memphis to uh, put a bow on this thing with his, uh, his question that he had burning
4: in his pocket. But, Jesse, anything to add here before we switch gears? Yeah, just real quick, because you uh, threw out there that it's on brand to tell people why they're wrong in this show. Is yes, right? yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Go, get him, get him. So, <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins disagrees with both of you. Uh, the latest tweet that I saw about Rondale Moore is that he is not impressed.
0: Oh, not oh. impressed. Dang. Not impressed.
4: Rondell Moore has a lot to learn from DeAndre Hopkins. Is that and straight from
1: Is that straight from DeAndre
4: Hopkins' Twitter? Yeah. Well, At straight from Nuke. BS, it is as a matter of fact. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
0: I think maybe Nuke's just trying to kill some of his value for his own, <laughs> own personal gain in fantasy uh this season, but Yeah, uh, I mean I, yeah. I, I
4: think he's. I mean, you know, I think he's trying to That's trying hilarious. to inspire the young man, you know, to uh, work harder, I, but I saw uh,
0: <laughs> yeah. It might be. I saw it was, I forget who the, I don't know who the coach was, but I saw somebody tweeted out that somebody asked the New England Patriots running backs coach, what does Ramondre Stevenson have to work on? <laughs> and the reply was everything. <laughs> everything. So it's, it's definitely that time of year. They're trying to make sure these players don't get too big uh, for their britches. As my father would probably say, to be honest, that's probably where that quote came from. But Memphis, what do you got, man? Why don't we end this thing on a high note? Maybe I have no idea what this is. So why don't you take it?
2: All right, a, a, little, a little boy from, from the land down under, his name's Greg. Oh, he, he wrote me this question. He wants to know Kyle, would you rather fight a grizzly bear sized Jerry Sinclair or 10 penguin sized Memphises? <laughs> oh
0: my God. So one Jer- grizzly bear the size of Jerry Sinclair?
2: No, no, no. A, a, a Jerry Sinclair the size of a oh, grizzly bear oh, I got or okay. 10 Memphises the size of a penguin,
0: <laughs>
2: those are oh jack
0: my- penguins, man. Yeah,
1: I- <laughs> that is, that's a funny sight to picture.
0: That is, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, man, I, I'd probably, <laughs> I don't know, I'm trying to come up with a really creative and fun answer on why I would choose Jerry because he's not here and I'd love ripping on Jerry. But uh, I can't you think can of anything off the top of my head. It, you can take
1: Jerry. You put me on the spot.
0: <laughs> in real life, it, it's funny. I, I met I've met Jerry in real life, and he's he's like he's not a small dude, but he's just like he's he's not a he's not a very tall. He's man. unassuming.
2: He's unassuming.
0: <laughs> yes. So yeah, I mean, and I'm not uh, in any great shape or you know athleticism here, but
1: I think you can thing, take regular Jerry down. All I'm saying is ten little Memphises biting at my ankles. <laughs> I'm not into
2: that at all. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that probably would be tough. I'd probably just take on the grizzly bear Jerry or whatever we were going with there.
2: That's the answer. That's the one hundred percent the answer.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh thanks, G, for that. Um that just I made I made that is.
2: up and totally put that evil on him. I, I was gonna say, what the hell is that? <laughs> He's probably
0: watching right now just cursing. Well, let, you let me out. ask you
2: guys a question. So you brought it up. Let me let me ask a question, a, a serious question this time. Mm-hmm. How, how are you guys feeling about Damian Harris? Like, every day camp goes by, the more the more I like him. Yeah. I just got an offer in a dynasty league. You guys know what a Terry McLaren fan I am. Uh, I forget what I was originally offered, but my counter, this guy's been dying to get Joe Mixon and Russell Gage for me. You can go seasonal or, or whatever. Um, so I, I countered with James Robinson, Damian Harris, and Terry McLaren for those two, for Gage and Mixon. So... I, I'm I'm big on Damian Harris to circle all this back around for this year. I don't know that it can last forever with Bill Belichick because he'll probably draft a running back in the first round next year, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm big on Damian Harris this year. I know, I know Jake is for sure.
1: They are one of the best offensive lines in the league. They're going to pound the rock. They have no other choice because if they're going to start Cam Newton, they're not going to attack through the air, or they can try or they can you know, die trying, but – uh, he could yeah, he could man. throw
2: a dozen touchdowns this year. Think about it. Think about it. A dozen. <laughs>
1: That's, which, I, I'm optimistic. Go one
4: thing I really like is a power back with a running quarterback. So receiving backs not so much with a running quarterback, but a power back would uh, complement Cam, Cam Newton nicely, I think. What about what they make when when they make the switch? I think that hurts helps. I, I don't I, it might I don't think it hurts because I think they're committed to him. You don't see Belichick come out and say this is my guy ever. You know, especially for uh, which, which, this is his third year now. This is not that's not Belichick's style, and he didn't really come out and say it. But for Belichick, he did. So yeah, I really like Damian Harris. And well, I'm I, and sorry, I, Jesse. I, I mean, not not a bad idea to have Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson and uh, maybe even Sonny Michelle, because it just seems to me like there's a there's a time in every season for every running back in New England. You know, at at some point, everybody's going to get some run. I, I was looking at I double checked this,
0: too, because for dynasty, I mean, contracts every time. God, I want to see it. Uh, Harris is on the team for at least this year and next. Um, I looked at uh, some rank dynasty rankings over at DLF like right now. Consensus, he's going uh, six spots, seven spots after. Sorry, six spots. Yeah. After A.J. Dillon, They're the same age. Dillon is going to be behind Aaron Jones for two more years. I would rather have Damian Harris who's going to be the lead back in that offense rather than sitting around waiting for AJ Dillon, you know, to finally hit because Jones gets hurt or, you know, waiting three years for the, the Packers to cut ties with Aaron Jones. So I, I picked up Harris in a dynasty league, like for super cheap last year. Cause somebody thought they were just selling me a spot starter. And I'm very happy with him on my roster because you can never have enough running backs. So uh, I'm feeling good about him right now, but that could just be biased. So, uh, anybody else here got any thoughts on Harris? Because he's, he's definitely a hot name right now.
1: Maybe, maybe regarding the quarterback switch, I think a lot, one of the things that gives people a little bit of pause with Damian Harris is, oh, Cam Newton's going to get all those goal line carries. Well, you know, maybe when Mac Jones takes over, that's not even in the realm of possibility, and Damian Harris gets that much more, uh, that much more work in the red zone. Just throwing shit at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. I dig it.
0: Well... We're, uh, we're right here at an hour, so I'm going to close the book on this thing, but uh, we'll, we'll kick it around just uh, real quick. Give us uh, Dallas, let us know where people can find you and uh, what you're, what you're working on throughout this month of August.
2: Well, that's Dallas.
0: <laughs> yeah. As always, um, the outro got a little
2: bit- <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's outro. It's, it's every time. It's perfect. Yeah. But uh, no, this week, uh show got a little delayed, had a guest rescheduled and cancel on me so i ended up doing a quick little uh, thing on monday ironically for those of you that have already listened to the smackdown you are going to get the exact same concept no we did not plan it but i am going over 32 rookies in 32 minutes um i am very winded my voice is hoarse by the end of it but it's a banger of an episode guys you're gonna love it um Other than that, it's time to get into the nitty-gritty stuff. So it's all 2021 content for me from now on. Um, I've got a couple of guests lined up, two over the next three weeks. So just going to keep getting all these different angles of uh, Dynasty. I'm going to be diving in. Most likely, you'll get a lot of my thoughts as to the Hall of Fame game and then specifically what the roster shakeups are going to be looking like for these rookies
0: as the offseason training camp just kind of progresses. So that's all I got really going on. Memphis, what about the war zone, man? You've uh, you've been killing it with the divisional breakdowns. It's been a ton of fun. I've had a lot of good writer downers, uh, but uh, what's what's in store throughout this month? What I'm saying to you is, you should give it to somebody that don't know any better because that's a fugazi, all
4: right?
0: <laughs> that's a fugazi. How
2: do you know it's a fugazi? You looked at it for two seconds. What, it's a fake. But yeah, I know what a fugazi is. It's a fugazi. Uh, anyway, um, the 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 Dynasty War Zone every every single Wednesday and uh, this week on Friday. Jerry and I are going to record live on Thursday night. We're doing the AFC West. We got the, excuse me, we're doing the NFC West. We did the AFC West today uh, and then next week we're wrapping it up with the North on Wednesday and Friday. The Dallas 32 rookies and 32 minutes is now live on the Dynasty Warzone podcast channel. Uh, I know you're gonna drop this uh, you can, maybe maybe you can stash this till Saturday, a little Saturday bonus. Yeah. you know, get, give the YouTube consumer something for tuning in early. Yes, but you know man we're, we're creeping up there. It's gonna be six days a week. We're gonna have stuff. We're gonna have Dallas on Monday. We're gonna have you and Jake on Tuesday, me and Jerry Wednesday. back to you and Jake on Thursday, me and Jerry on Friday and then and then eventually when the preseason rolls around, we're gonna have Tyler and Lou. Hitting us with some uh, some DFS, so a lot of stuff coming. DWZ, so make sure you're subscribed everywhere. You never know in what order the content may hit. So if you're subscribed everywhere, you can have it in whatever order you want.
0: Yes, absolutely, and I, yeah, I think uh, the YouTubers deserve a little extra, a little early access here.
2: We did that uh, what two weeks ago. We did uh, yes. the NFC East. Uh, we, we did, did it like on, on a Sunday. Sunday. Night, think, yeah. yeah, and so. the the YouTube subscriber had that for like a full week. They were out making actionable moves before their podcast consumer you know brethren
0: yes absolutely good time jesse any uh what what, any topics any little peek behind the curtain just to entice people even more to get on the
4: uh the patreon (laughs) absolutely we have the review of our auction first ever dwz auction draft coming next week so that's patreon 11 with the one and only mr neil gray as our guest so we had a had it really had a blast uh neil is one of the Aussie guys he hops on the Aussie guys podcast once in a while and uh, really is an amazing guy to have on he is sort of the glue that keeps DWZ together and uh, really was a lot of fun Uh, keep uh, just keep tuned in to uh, the Patreon feed and we've got a lot of fun stuff planned might even do a campus to Canton League coming up here in in the next few weeks there you go great group of guys for sure so if you're not having already taken the dive into that I mean you
0: definitely should and uh, last but not least, Jake. You, you know, you, any parting words of
1: wisdom here? No. Uh, th- thank you to everyone who participated in the YouTube chat. This was a blast. I'm excited to be on two times a week now. Just that much more fantasy football fun. And uh, go check out, go check out American Vandal and tell me you don't think that that shit's real for like the first <laughs> few episodes. I'm telling you, I'm not the only sucker out there. Sorry for saying
0: that someone uh, was a big fan of your area there, bud. Uh, But no American Vandal. There you go. We got some shows now on the list. Appreciate all you guys uh that tuned in. We're going to be here every Wednesday w- in one shape or another doing some Q and A. So uh, if you follow me on Twitter at Kyle month, i I'll throw a tweet out there. Usually Tuesday uh retweeted a few times, bring some questions, come to the, watch the show, drop them in there live, throw us off a bit that's what we're looking for here so appreciate you guys we are going to be back here smackdown we're going to be back on monday night again 32 and 32 we're going to roll it back with the running back so be sure to uh stay subscribed to war zone but be back here monday night for uh for that it's going to be a ton of fun we're going to cram it all in all 32 backfields. so you guys take it easy stay safe we'll catch you guys later